0: So this is the first Sunday after Epiphany. It's the Sunday we traditionally in the church commemorate the baptism of our Lord Jesus. It's one of the four distinct events Christians around the world celebrate as part of the season of Epiphany. If you recall uh, last week's message, I mentioned that the, the four main events in the season of Epiphany are the, the Nativity, which is the revelation of Christ to Israel. And then the visitation of the Magi, which is the revelation of Christ to the Gentiles. And then uh, the third major event in Epiphany is the baptism of the Lord by John the Baptist. And then the fourth uh, is Jesus's first miracle where he turned water into wine at the wedding in Cana, which we may or may not talk about next week. Uh, just have to see how the Holy Spirit leads on that. But this morning, we, we hear the account of Jesus's baptism as we read from the Gospel of, of Luke. Uh, and of particular interest in Luke's account is this imagery of Jesus coming to baptize Uh, By fire. It's an image of a a harvester. Who separates the wheat from the husks. The good grain from the chaff. Listen to Luke. I'm in Luke chapter 3. Beginning at verse 15. Now while the people were in a state of expectation. And all were wondering in their hearts about John. As to whether he was the Christ. John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire." So I don't know how many of you have ever spent any time on a farm, but the the winnowing fork is an agricultural tool that was developed in ancient times to help separate the chaff and the husks and the straw from the grain. See, first the harvest was brought into the threshing floor Where it would be beaten to loosen the grain from the husk, and then they would use this winnowing fork to toss the weed up into the air, where the lighter husks and chaff would be taken away by the wind or separated from the heavier grain, which would fall to the threshing floor, and it would be gathered and taken into the barn. The straw, the husks and chaff, the undesirable parts of the harvest weren't wasted. They would be cast into the fire to be burned as fuel. So this threshing and winnowing process is something that Luke uses as a simple illustration of Jesus' mission and ministry, which began with his baptism. Where he would gather the wheat, those who accepted his gospel message, Into the father's house and those who rejected him and his message, the chaff, the undesirable, they would be cast into the fire to burn for all eternity. And so Jesus is baptized. Listen to what Luke says about that. Verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. What a great phrase that is. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. I mean, truly, is there a son anywhere on planet Earth that wouldn't want to hear that from his father? I know when I was younger, nothing could make me light up more than praise and affirmation from my dad. Affirmation from my dad was enough to make me push through tough situations it was enough to make me dig down deep into myself and find inner strength. It didn't matter what the activity was, whether it was baseball or or motorcycle racing or music or Marine Corps training. I could draw on that affirmation and encouragement even when my dad wasn't physically present. Because his voice. Would play in my head. And when things got tough, that voice was enough to make me push myself up off the ground, dust myself off, and get back into the fight. You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. Is there a son anywhere on planet Earth that doesn't long to hear his father say those words? More than that, is there a human being on this planet that wouldn't want to hear a proclamation like that coming down from heaven, from God himself? So as we read this passage in in this particular Sunday where we focus on the baptism of our Lord. We realize that this is an event of great significance in the life and the ministry of Jesus. The descending of the Holy Spirit upon him, the proclamation from heaven, a miraculous public display of the might of God and of the divinity of Jesus. There's no question that Jesus's baptism was every bit of that. But the part that interests me the most, and what we really need to understand, is that although Jesus was fully God, fully divine, he was also completely human. And so as I I think back On my own experience and how important my own dad's affirmation was to me in tough circumstances. I can't help but think that God's words to Jesus as he emerged from the water at his baptism. You are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. Those words must have been the words that sustained Jesus throughout the course of his ministry on earth. In fact, the very next thing we see Jesus dealing with in Luke's gospel account is in Luke 4. It's the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Listen to what Luke writes about that. I'm in chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 (coughs) days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days. And when they were over, he was famished. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written. One does not live by bread alone. I mean, for me, I can almost hear God say to Jesus in that moment. Give him what for Jesus. Verse five, then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority for it has been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Once again, you can almost hear God say to Jesus in that moment, Show that devil what you're made of. Verse 9, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem Once again, you can just hear God's words echoing in Jesus' head as he stands his ground in the devil's face and the devil sees that Jesus' resolve is unshakable. And so, verse 13, when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him. See, as Jesus stands there defiantly, and alone, once again in the wilderness, he can hear God say to him in his head, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. See, there's a subtle lesson in this exchange between Jesus and the devil. Did you, did you catch it? Did you, did you notice that each and every time that the devil tempts Jesus, Jesus responds by quoting scripture. The devil tempts, and Jesus counters that temptation with the word of God. We can use that to our advantage as well. When Satan tempts you, seek God's word for safety and protection. It never fails. Satan flees. God's truth. Now, here's the thing about the relationship, in this case, between a father and a son. I've been pastoring long enough now to know that there are many people out there. Who might go through their entire lives seeking praise from a parent, and in some cases, that praise never comes. And while the pain of that experience might linger even to this day, I I have found that the affirmation and approval of our Father in heaven, which is available to everyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, That is the affirmation that really sustains us. That's the approval that gets us to the other side of countless trials and struggles and storms through days and days and miles and miles of bleak wilderness. So we know this morning that the baptism of our Lord Jesus is a landmark event. There's no question about that. It's every bit the miraculous descending of the Holy Spirit of God upon Jesus. It's all of that. It is the glorious announcement of the divinity of Christ. Yes, it's it's all of that. But to me, it's more than all of that. In the simple words of encouragement from a father to his son. From the father to the son. By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in that simple encouragement that I find peace and comfort and affirmation. And I hope you do too. Because the moment you say yes to Jesus. You can hear the Father say. You are my beloved. In you I am well pleased. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.